Hi folks, this is Michael, and welcome to the Blood Walk. And today, it is the sixth visit of Yeshua the Messiah. And, uh, and I've entitled this, The Paradigm Shift. And that is a word that the Holy Spirit spoke to me during a portion of this visitation. But I want to give you, again, a little background. And uh, so this sixth visit took place in, uh, during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Passover and Unleavened Bread in 2004. All right, now then, back in 03, I had this uncomfortable feeling inside of me, and I knew what it was, and, uh, and I was a little embarrassed. I was a little embarrassed because I had to go before the Holy Spirit and ask a question that, you know, you would think after 20-some-odd years I would already know the answer to this, but I didn't. I didn't know. And so what my question was, and, and I'm with the Holy Spirit, and I'm kind of beating around the bush and, and going, you know, this is so embarrassing. Um, here I've been with you these 20-plus years, and I have to confess I don't really know what the gospel is. I really don't know. And I'm going, Heavenly Father, I just can't quite figure this thing out. It's like over here in these 13 epistles, right? they're saying that uh, salvation is a free gift. It's a freebie. And yet I come over here to Matthew, uh, Mark, Luke, and John, and Yahshua says it's the pearl of great price. And I'm going, Papa, I'm having a hard time figuring this out. You know, what is it? You know, uh, Yahshua says, if you endure to the end, you'll be saved. And yet, over here in, uh, in, in the Christian world, they say, well, wow, as, as soon as you, uh, you know, say this special prayer, and you're saved. And I'm going, I, I, I just, I don't know what it is, Papa. Would you, would you teach me this? Would you, would you teach me what it is? Because I don't know. And so... You know, I, I tell you what, that really pleased the Holy Spirit. It really did. And come to find out, after he taught me these things, I'm going, I don't think there's a whole lot of folks out there also that know what it is. But anyway, so not long after this, all right, now, there's a little thing that I, I don't know if this is generic to just alcoholics, but anyway, with most of the guys that I met in AA, and the women too, we all had a certain thing in common, and that was we uh, we were kind of thin-skinned, all right, and uh, and we got resentments pretty easily, pretty easily. And uh, anyway, so so let me explain to you how the Holy Spirit really began to deal with me on these things, all right. And so this had to do with forgiveness, and this is another question that I had, and I'm going, you know, Heavenly Father, I, I don't have any problem whatsoever forgiving people from out of my head. But I still got all the junk inside. I still got all the misery and all the pain and all the hurt. You know, and I, and I don't know how to get down there. How do I forgive from the heart, Papa? I don't know. I don't know how to get down there. And so uh, anyway, so anyway, over in Matthew and in Luke, all right, everybody is very familiar with this passage. Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. All right? Well, I understood all of that, but I had this really awesome Bible program called BibleWorks on my computer, and I could look up, oh, my gosh, anything, any word, whether Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic, I could look them up. And so 
I thought, well, let me check this out because I knew that they really messed up a lot of words in the uh, in King James in the English translate in English translations. They messed up a lot of them, and one of the words they messed up was right there: "Forgive, and you shall be forgiven." All right. Now, the word to forgive is uh, is a Greek word called aphieme, and you know what that means? It, it doesn't mean give somebody a pardon. It's the exact same word used for divorce. All right. Same word. You can look it up yourself. And it means to send away. All right. And that's one of the definitions of forgive, to send away. Now, there's another one. Uh, and it means uh, to be released, to be set free. Right. To be set free. And so I'm looking at this, forgive and you shall be forgiven. And all of a sudden, boom, what he really said there was set free and you will be set free. And it's like set free from what? Set free from all your judgments and all your condemnations that you put upon other people. You know, simple stuff, driving down the freeway, somebody cuts you off. Right, and all of a sudden, man, a bunch of expletives may come out of your mouth. They shouldn't, but they sometimes they do. You know, depending on how bad the guy cut you off. You know, but any, any little stuff like that, all the way down through the line, uh, all the way down to to wounds of betrayal, you know, uh, rejection, things like that. Right. So, the Holy Spirit had me begin basically at the beginning of my life. Right. And go back, and, and this takes a while, people. It really does. And I would bring all these people up before me, you know, where I could actually feel that there was still maybe something there. And, uh, and I would just say, Heavenly Father, I loose that person from every word of condemnation I ever put on them. I loose that person from every judgment, every criticism and bad opinion that I had. I loose them. And, folks, I went through and did this with every single person that came to my memory. And this took a while. It, this, this was not like a day. This was months and months, all right, until, you know, we got, uh, 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 until nobody was coming up anymore. All right. So here we go. Now it's around 04. Now it's around 04. As a matter of fact, it's, it's, it's springtime. And, uh, and, and we're heading into Passover. And I'm sitting in my chair, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God comes upon me. And he says, I am bringing a paradigm shift. From here on, you are either abiding in my word, or you aren't, period. He actually said that word, period. You know, so I'm sitting there, and I'm kind of, you know, scanning and going, well, okay, uh, you know, I'm in... You know, I'm in the Word all the time. I'm, you know, and, and you know, I'm, I'm kind of just kind of going through and, and just examining, going, where have, I, where have I not been in Your Word? You know, and so many hours later, as a matter of fact, it was probably the next day. Again, I'm sitting in my chair and and and, and I'm praying, and all of a sudden, I have probably the very first 3D holographic vision. It was this 3D holographic vision. And what it was is I was looking at my Bible on my coffee table. And I had to, and it, 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 it was open. It wasn't closed. It was open. And so from out of the Gospels, from out of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I see rise up 
this big green tree, living tree. And then out of those 13 epistles, I saw rise up this black, gnarly, I mean, it was solid black, solid darkness, tree of death. And I tell you what, folks, my jaw dropped. I knew what I was looking at. I knew what I had seen. And my jaw just dropped. So anyway, this is pretty much where uh, this visitation <laughs> really began was with that word, with that vision. But there's something very important, that uh, nice little detail that I that I just forgot and just remembered. And it had to do with... Uh, my wife was about the best little researcher I have ever seen to this day in my entire life. She was very impressive. She was remarkably impressive. And uh, my wife, Teresa, was uh, she was always in Deuteronomy or, um, or Exodus. And so she had discovered this little interesting thing called tzitzits, right? You know, the tassels that, uh, that hang from, uh, it's supposed to be like the four corners of your garment, right? So she discovered this and went, oh, Michael, we're supposed to be doing this. And I went, oh, oh, okay, all right. So I had these, uh, these little tassels, right? And, uh, and they were like sapphire blue, midnight blue, right? And uh, I didn't know anything about, you know, colors or anything like that, right? So I put on these sapphire blue tzitzits these sapphire blue tassels, you know, I put them on my uh, on my belt loops, and I tell you what, I tell you what, it's like the eyes of my inner man. It, it, it's weird. It's like you know, you got your regular eyeballs, right, and, and your pupils, but it's like the eyes of the inner man. It's like all of a sudden, it's like they dilate, and it's like it's almost like this channel opens up uh, within you, within your eyeballs. And they're, they're wide open, and you are seeing in the spirit. You are seeing in the spirit, and it's like, oh, my gosh. So anyway, this was happening concurrently with this visitation, right? I put the tzitzits on it. Oh, wow. Anyway, anyway. So anyway, here I am again, caught up in the spirit. Just like in, in previous visitations, I had a hard time getting to sleep at night. A very hard time. It's kind of like that's why I keep saying, man, uh, he who watches over Israel, right? Neither slumbers nor sleeps. When you get caught up into that place, man, you're not going to slumber and you're not going to sleep either. And it can be, uh, it, it, it can be, oh God, well, I don't know if you've ever uh, gone through sleep deprivation. It uh, really opens you up really opens up certain places within you and uh you know you can get opened up into massive battles with this too anyway i don't, I don't want to get off track and i want to run down rabbit trails but i just wanted to let you know that I, i'm back in a place where i'm not sleeping too much at night maybe maybe a half hour maybe 45 minutes maybe i'd really get blessed and get in an hour right and oftentimes the only sleep i was getting was maybe in the mid-afternoon Right, where I could just lay down for a little bit and take a little snooze, but I was not sleeping at night. I'd be up all night praying. Uh, it's all you can do, and it's really all you want to do, right? It's all you want to do, but anyway, so here's the deal. It's kind of like, so, all right, I, I, I'm caught up into these heavenly places, and I'm just there for days and days, right? And uh, anyway, so I think, you know, uh, here I am. Uh, I feel like my spirit is in heaven, and so on and so forth. So uh, I thought, hmm, I wonder 
what happens to food when you're in this place? So I had not had an orange. No kidding. I had not had an orange for a couple of years. And uh, when I was a kid, I really overdid it on oranges. I just loved them. Oh, God, I loved oranges. And I'd eat maybe a dozen of them a day, right, until I broke out with the most horrible case of hives. Oh, man, it was terrible. So I had to give up oranges when I was like 14 years old. Well, you know, here it is, man. I'm, a, I'm in my 50s, right? And I'm going, man, I want an orange. So anyway, so got an orange. And, uh, and I ate it. And it's like, and I was eating it. I'm going, man, this is like fire fruit. This is like fire fruit. All right. And so, again, this is in the afternoon. This is about the only time that, that I could ever, you know, catch 20 winks or 40 winks, right, was, uh, was in the mid-afternoon. So I go into my bedroom and, you know, I decide to take a nap. And, uh, and, I, and I fell asleep for a little bit. But in the midst of this, I had a dream. And it was a dream like any, like no other dream I'd ever had in my life. And I don't, I don't even think you can call it a dream, you know, even, even like, you know, with, with Abraham, right? You know, it's like, are these really dreams? But these are like visitations that happen when you're asleep, big visitations. So this is what happened, is that um, I find myself in this place, and like I say, this was in this dream, and I'm surrounded in thick darkness, thick darkness. And I, I'm just kind of sitting there. Kind of go, whoa, what's this? All of a sudden, fire comes down out of heaven. Fire comes down out of heaven. And it entered into me, and it just kind of like, whoosh, whoosh, right? And it just, what, what happened was it consumed everything that was within me. And it's like, and I see my name, right, pop out the top of my head and go up into heaven, Right? Fortunately, it had the proper colors to it, you know, because I'm seeing in color, right? And so my name popped out of my head. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, you know, what's this? Right? And then, and then, from uh, in the vision, this would have been, like, from out of the east. And so from, like, out of the east, I see this ball of fire just racing towards me. And out of this fire, right, comes this fiery finger, this fiery hand. And it comes in, and it just, boom, and it writes in fire. It writes in fire inside my mind, inside my head. This name, right, so fast, but it was in Paleo-Hebrew. And I knew what Paleo-Hebrew looked like. And if, if, if you're any kind of a scholar at all, you're going to understand that Paleo-Hebrew was a kind of uh, was a script that they used in the days of, like, David and Solomon. And the Hebrew that you have today is what's called Chaldean Hebrew. It's, uh, it's how it got messed up when they were in Babylon, and that's what they use today. It's called Chaldean Hebrew. It's not the paleo. But this was in paleo, and I didn't know what it was. And I had to sit there and wait and, and, and just, I mean, well, you can only imagine, you know, I mean, just had a name written inside of you with fire. And so anyway, in the English you know, the letters began to appear in English. You have to know. You have to know what he just wrote in you, right? You do. And Papa is so gracious. And so, anyway, what it was, was it was the name Eloah, E-L-O-A-H, Eloah. And, uh, and I, I'll tell you what, I was very familiar with the Tetragrammaton, very familiar. 
And so when it, when it came to, uh, you know, like Yashu was saying, you know, I'm going to write my father's name in you, I, I'd always expected that it would probably be the Tetragrammaton, but it wasn't. It was not the Tetragrammaton. It was Eloah. And so this name was written in me in fire. You know, and then, uh, oh, my gosh. And then I woke up. Then I woke up from that dream. So I, I'm going to skip ahead here to the next part that, uh, <laughs> that was pretty interesting. And uh, so, so anyway, this is all during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, right? And, uh, you know, so we're, we're fasting everything. We're, we're, just, we're just feasting on unleavened bread and grape juice, you know. And, uh, anyway. So here we are this this one evening, and uh, you know, and I have a family. I have my wife and my son, and uh, my mother-in-law had come up to Washington with us, and you know, we had a special little mother-in-law, you know, bedroom for her. Anyway, so uh, it was like a Tuesday night, and I remember because uh, we always used to watch that show uh, Twenty Four, you know, with uh, Kiefer Sutherland. So here we are this Tuesday night, and you know, again, I'm sitting in my chair, and we're watching this show. Well, I feel this hand come upon my head. Now, I don't know if you recall the, the show, but it was pretty violent. Anyway, so this hand comes upon my head and turns my face away from the television. And I go, huh, I wonder what that was. You know, so I, I try to look back at the television. Again, here comes a hand, and it turns my face away from the television. And so I, I just kind of get up. <laughs> you know, I kind of get up from the living room, get up from my chair, and I walked into the bedroom, and I lay down for a little bit. And uh, uh, and anyway, so here we go, man. Here we go. Here's a big old vision comes, and what I saw was this. And it's like, you know, this is back in the, this is not a flat screen TV that we had. It's one of those great big old giant picture tube televisions. You know, the ones that are really heavy. Anyway, so so I'm laying down, and boom, here comes this vision, and I see this great big huge ginormous black dragon it was huge i mean the wingspan on this critter must was several hundred feet i mean it was huge and this was the thing that was over the television right i mean i understand that from the vision and so it's like the holy spirit informs me son get rid of the television and it's like, well, I'll tell you what, guys. I didn't have much of a problem with that, but I knew that my wife and my son were going to have a big-time problem with it. So my only, my only deal with this was to convince them I'm getting rid of the television. So anyway, so I did. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit let me know I had till Sabbath to get that thing out of the house. You know, get it out of the house, son. So anyway... So it took me the next day, Wednesday, to uh, you know to share this with uh, with my wife and my son. This was coming down, folks, and this was going to happen, right? And so then, uh, you know, so so then Thursday, um, so then Thursday, I, I I had an idea and I had a plan. I, I like I say, I live out in the country now, and I'm and I'm out on sixty acres, and and I have this North Twenty, and my North Twenty is uh, it's. It, uh, Oh, it's it's at the edge of this of this big old canyon, this uh, this big old ravine out here. I live right above the Columbia River, and so this uh, this canyon leads down to this uh, this creek called Cedar Creek, and Cedar Creek pours into uh, you know another little river that pours into the uh, the Columbia, and I'm right up right up on the Canadian border. So anyway, so anyway, uh, on my on my property I have uh, a granite cliff. 
right? So anyway, I had this little uh, I had this little Suzuki pickup. It was like my farm truck, you know, had four wheel drive. So, you know, so th this Thursday, you know, I grabbed this television and I began to, you know, do what I, do what I can to, to get this thing out of the house. And I was trying to be careful because I didn't want to break it. And all of a sudden, the thought comes to me and it's like, Michael, you're destroying this thing. Why are you being so careful moving it out of the house? You know, it's like. Anyway, so uh, so I succeeded in getting the thing out of the house and uh, and uh, got it into my uh, into my little pickup. And so, and I grabbed my splitting mall. We live in firewood country out here. You cannot afford really to heat your homes with electric heat. It's very expensive. So we used uh, we used firewood to to heat our homes in the wintertime. So anyway, so I grabbed my splitting wall and my little pickup truck and you know and I drove up this uh, this skid trail. To my, uh, you know, to my North 20 and, you know, back my truck up to this cliff and got the TV out and I grabbed a tarp, you know, because, uh, you know, I understand the kind of pressure that those picture tubes are under. So I put the, uh, I put the, uh, um, I put the tarp over the picture tube and then I grabbed my splitting mall and, uh, and what I kept seeing, man, was I was going to drive that splitting mall right smack dab into the eye of that damn dragon, right? I was just, oh, and I did, and I did. I took my splitting mall, man, and I reared back, I wham, hit that thing right in that picture tube, and I was expecting an explosion. I really was, you know, pow, but that's not what happened. I did it with a splitting mall, right? And so that splitting mall, it, it did, man. It, 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 it split the picture tube, and it just kind of went, you know, like letting the air out of a balloon or something like that. It was really anticlimactic, you know. Anyway, so I killed the picture tube. I killed the television, right, wrapped it in a tarp, and I threw it over the cliff. And uh, I got my truck and went back home. And so that was my little adventure, you know, with the television. And so, and I, and I tell you what, you know, and this, this is just a little aside, but my family was now in a deficit for, you know, their evening entertainment, right? They, they, it's like, what are we going to do now, man? We can't watch television. Well, my son had, uh, was just in love with Louis L'Amour Westerns, right? He just loved them. And he had a whole lot of these books. And he was, you know, he was still... By this time, I think David was probably uh, maybe 21, 22. Anyway, so that's what we did, folks, for the next 10 years, right, after, after that. It was after this, this visitation. But uh, I read uh, Louis the Moore Westerns, every single solitary one of them, out loud to my family for the next 10 years, which, quite frankly, is a pretty good way to, uh, to learn American history. You know, grab these old Western books, right? Louis L'Amour, Zane Gray, Max Brand, uh, you know, Charles Alden Seltzer, uh, Owen Wister. Magnificent authors, people. Absolutely phenomenal authors in there. These old classic Westerns are so much better than the modern stuff, which is just dark and filthy and everything is violence and rape and you know, just gratuitous, violent, stupid crap that never really happened in those days, right? Especially if you, if, if I don't mean to go off on this track, but I, I really, I got, I got a heart for American history. I got a real heart for it. Now, I'll tell you something truly. Uh, in the uh, in the visitation, and these are the little details that I that I didn't really share with you, but in the visitation in uh, in eighty eight, in the visitation in ninety one, uh, and in the visitation in oh four. Uh, 
a lot of these and a lot of the pouring out had to do with our country, had to do with, with the place our country had fallen into, right? Oh, God. You know, oh, my God. So, I, I mean, it, it's like, oh, the, it, I, I, I tell you, folks, the way we have treated this nation that we have, there are times it has broken the heart of Yahshua. It's broken his heart. It has brought him to tears. Right? And the only way you really know that is when he manifests that broken heart in you over this nation. And you end up crying out and pouring out and weeping and weeping before the throne. Weeping before the throne over this nation because of what we have fallen into. Right? And this was part and parcel of, oh my gosh, several several of the visitations, several of them, just a brokenness over America. Okay, so now I'm going gonna, gonna to briefly jump ahead to, uh, to the next part of this. And uh, this has to do with, this has to do with uh, this little thing I was telling you about in the beginning called judging, all right? And so in this one part of the visitation, I am caught up within Papa to the throne of the living God and books are opened and I see Yahshua standing in front of the Father and he has books opened and souls are being judged and I'm in Papa and I'm going oh God oh God because oh, I knew what was happening with the judgments oh God I, I don't want to judge I don't want to be here I, I don't want to judge I don't want to judge I don't want to judge please oh God I don't want to judge right because here's the deal once you understand about judgment right if you judge you are judged if you judge you are judged if you condemn you are condemned and I tell you what the last thing you want to do man is to judge especially in that place it's like something you do not want this thing in you at all that judges you don't want it at all man it gets to be dang scary when you understand the implications of judging when you understand the implications of condemning another soul or whatnot you just you don't even want to do that again and so uh it, it was like no kidding that was what was supposed to happen when i was there right now, now here's the deal once you understand once you understand like the physics of heaven and earth then you begin to understand that Papa doesn't really judge anybody. Everybody is rewarded according to their works, according to what they have done. It's like this is the blowback, right? You, you know, you, you know. Uh, this this is the blowback that happens in your life from doing a lot of, you know, if you want to call them sinful actions, negative actions, stupid actions, whatever. But 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 true judgment is when you are rewarded for the works of your hands, right? There's a uh, as you have done unto others, so shall others do unto you. This is what happens when you judge, right? It's going, it's going to come right back on top of you. So anyway, so there was that part right there. And so uh, so, so, so then, after that, that, you know, it's like, I'm going, oh, God. You know, I mean, you got to understand, man, the things that you see when you are high up in the spirit, they shake you up, bro. They shake you up something fierce. So I, I get up from my chair. And I went over to my office, and uh, and I was, uh, I had opened up uh, the Bible program, and I'm sitting down looking at it, and all of a sudden I am filled. I am just absolutely filled with the brilliant white light of the Holy Spirit. And when you are in this place, folks, when you are in this place, it's like, 
you don't you don't want to speak. You do not want to speak because you know that, oh my gosh, I am filled with the spirit of truth. Anything that comes out of my mouth is going to come to pass, right? And it's like, you don't want to say stupid stuff. You just, you know, you don't want to take a chance on saying something really stupid, right? So you just, you, you want to keep your mouth shut, okay? And and so, so anyway, in, in the midst of this, being filled with this, and, and this is fear and trembling territory, people. This is fear and trembling territory. Uh, it's a holy, it's a holy fear. It's a, it's an awe, it's a reverence. In the essence of those words, this is what it is. It's the essence of awe, the essence of reverence. So down inside, down inside my being, I see this little tiny black dot. And it was out of this little tiny black dot that I was experiencing fear, like the fear to completely let go, right? And it's like as I looked at that little black dot, it's kind of like, whoosh and I went oh no and it's like the Holy Spirit said son it's okay it's all right you needed to see that right and he said but I guarantee you my son the day is coming when I feel you like this and it is going to be peace it is going to be joy it is going to be the love of God manifested and you're going to be very comfortable with this trust me right? Because I wasn't comfortable. I was shaking and trembling, right? So anyway, let me, uh, let me pause here for a little bit. You see, kind of what's happening is, uh, I mean, do you understand what the word acclimate means? You know, you get acclimated to a certain climate. It's like, uh, you know, if you are raised up in, uh, in the North country where it, the winters are very cold, right? And you move down south, well, it takes a little while to get acclimated to the climate down there. It's a lot warmer, right? It was kind of the same thing in the Spirit. You know, uh, the Holy Spirit fills you, and, you know, like I say, man, this is fear and trembling territory. But when it happens permanently, permanently, it's, it's because you become, in, in a sense, kind of acclimated, right? Because there are always higher places to go. There's always places that are higher, and you will, again, experience fear and trembling, but you hit a certain level to where you're kind of comfortable there now. You can dwell in that place, all right? You can dwell in that place. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up, but I, I want to share something with you that took place over the next 10 years all the way up into uh, 2014, and it's had to do with the very first part of this visitation, um, which the Holy Spirit termed the paradigm shift when he showed me, uh, when he showed me the Gospels being a green living tree and he showed me those 13 epistles as being a black gnarly tree of death well folks that uh that started a war that started a war that i fought for oh man eight years and it was a good one it was a worthwhile battle it was a worthwhile war it wasn't really a battle for me but i was warring against what all of a sudden i understood was the great lie the great deception and I understand the great deception from what the Holy Spirit showed me in that vision, all right? And it is a whole lot more than folks think it is. You see, the thing is, is that uh, when you go back and you read uh, um, towards the tail end of the book of Acts, where um, James has called uh, Paul to, uh, you know, to Jerusalem to give an account, because reports had gone out that Paul had led an apostasy against Moses. You need to understand, my friends, you really, truly need to understand that 
to James, the brother of Yahshua, right, the shepherd of Jerusalem, to James, to Peter, to John, to the apostles of the Lamb. Apostasy, people, was when you forsook Moses. That was called apostasy, the forsaking of Moses, the forsaking of the Torah, the forsaking of the commandments. That was called apostasy. Today, Christians are absolutely, totally ignorant of these things. Even though they can read the book of Acts, they can see this. It's like it doesn't click. It doesn't click what was really happening there. And if you recall, when uh, James confronts Paul on this apostasy, Paul flat out denies it. He denies that he ever trashed the Torah. He denies that he ever trashed Moses, right? He denies that he was leading an apostasy against Moses. Well, I'll tell you what, people. All you got to do is take a look at Christianity today, and you tell me, do these people keep the law of Moses? Do they keep the Torah? Do they keep the commandments? No, they don't. No, they do not. They never have. So as far as Paul saying he didn't lead an apostasy from Moses, bullshit, Paul, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Right, And this brought death to all of his followers. And I've reiterated this over and over and over and over again in all these podcasts, folks, that it takes the Torah and the testimony. You're not going to obtain the things that you desire if you kick the Torah out of your life. You will die. You're not going to obtain your salvation. You're not going to obtain the kingdom of heaven if you kick the Torah out of your life. If you tell Moses to go take a flying leap, right, guess what? God's going to tell you the same thing. You take a flying leap. You do. How dare you touch my servant Moses? Right? How dare you? Folks, it's kind of like when the Holy Spirit takes the blinders off your eyes, when he takes the blinders off your heart, when he takes the blinders off your spirit, and all of a sudden you are seeing things from above. You're not seeing from beneath. You're not seeing through the eyes of a man. You are seeing through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. Right? And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter one whit if, uh, if the battle you're fighting is a billion to one. It doesn't matter. You fight anyway. And so uh, anyway, I'm going to leave that off uh, here. And, uh, and I'm going to reiterate. I'm going to reiterate some of this battle in, in, a, in another podcast because it was fun. It was a good, it was a good battle. It was a good war. Anyway, this is Michael. This is the blood walk, uh, and I hope you guys can receive everything that I just shared with you, and I'll be talking to you again in a couple of days. Bye-bye.